Love Talk Radio. Gracious, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, good whatever time it may be in your part of the world while you're hearing our voice. Welcome to the It's Real Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Elder Coilette James, and I am always, always so thankful to God for opening up his airwaves for us to connect and to be able to do this every week with an an incredible co-host who brings great insight along with her wit and charm to the show, my wonderful, beautiful sister in the Lord, Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you today? Man, I think I look forward to every week when I can be on the show with you, sis, just to hear you say awesome, positive things. It's just people don't realize how good it is to be around people that can speak life to you instead of death. And it, it, the truth, believe it or not, when people speak it to you, is life. Mm. It's not death. Though it feels like death when they tell you. But let's pray that the Holy Spirit will dwell in you, that you can see it as being something helpful and not harmful. And I thank you, beautiful. And, Elder, I say to you as well, with everything that you've been going through, working my brother, still, you know, better. We thank God for all the good news, whose report do we believe, and just everything. How are you, beautiful? Uh, You know what? I I thank and praise God. I really, really do, because he has definitely been talking to me and um, encouraging me. And and when the Lord can step in and encourage you within your heart, you know it's all good. (laughs) It's just like, hey, thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much. You better come on, somebody. Grateful. Right. To have a yes, loving father. You know what I'm saying? My heavenly father is just beyond words, beyond words. His his graciousness, his peace, his love, his joy, his protection, his provision, his covering. All that he does for us is just incredible. And, and we forget sometimes how incredible God really is to us. And we forget yes. that he has spoken over us. So we've got really a really awesome show planned for you guys today. But before we get started in our topic and on the show, I want to do something a little different. And sis, I would like for you please to pray for the people along the Gulf Coast right now, the people in Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama that's being hit as we speak with Hurricane Ida. Hurricane Ida came on shore as a Category 4, and coming from Florida, knowing how devastating that can be. Um, I just watched a video a few minutes ago where it says over half of the people in New Orleans currently are without power already. Um, We believe God for his his protection and his covering, but I just wish that you would, or I'm asking, please, if you would just pray over them, um, obviously for protection and peace, um, but just that, you know, those that are still there, because a lot of them got out, but those that are still there, that they feel the presence of God in this hour and that they're not walking in panic. Father God, in the name of Jesus right now, uh, first allow me to humble myself. Allow me to decrease in Tanya that you may increase in God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that your words may be spoken and not my own. 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, right now, as we lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, you let me know right now to speak to the people. I've met people from Katrina. I remember when I was in Atlanta, in the name of Jesus, and don't let this twist you. This is still a prayer, but this is ministering to your souls as well. But I remember meeting a woman, and she said she woke up early in the morning, and the Lord told her, I need you to call as many family members as you can because something is getting ready to go down, and I don't need you here. And when Grandmama got on the phone and she called several people, she said, the Lord said, take what you have. Don't try to take nothing extra. Meet me here. We got to go. And the Lord delivered a portion of her family. Well, we have to understand right now, people, in the name of Jesus, that we are experiencing catastrophic events all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's a matter if you're going to be obedient to listen to what God says or mm-hmm. not. Sad is we get so tied up in our materialistic values of this world that it's hard to leave and truly listen to God's voice. The Lord told me to speak right now over everything that's going on over there, Father God, and the storms that are hitting, and those who stayed and those who could not get out. He said he would not destroy the just with the unjust. Amen. The righteous with the unrighteous. And whom he chooses to keep as his righteous is those who are going to tell the story, and those who choose to take are those who may not ever tell the story, but they still tell the story in the name of Jesus. I'm praying right now, please hear me. This is not with no feelings or no anything. I'm praying for your families, your loved ones, because I have family over there, you guys. I have cousins, first cousins, second cousins, uncles still in Norman. But I pray for you guys in the name of Jesus, and I'm asking that you lift them up, Father God. We ask that you protect them from the midst of the storm. Again, I believe in your word where you say you wouldn't destroy the unjust with the just. And, Father God, more than likely, I know that there are praying people over there. At the same time, I know, Father God, that there's also wicked devices in the name of Jesus. And, Father God, we ask right now that you put the blood of the cross upon the doorsteps of those, Father God, that are trusting you in the midst of this storm. Protect them, lead them, guide them in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And for those, Father God, who may have not have been so eloquent to make it into into this season, we pray for those as well, the loved ones that are lost right now for words. We're praying for them right now, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Um, I thank God that, you know, at any given point in time, we can reach into heaven and pull down miracles, literally. And God is, again, such a loving Father that he does not forsake us. And I know there are so many people right now, just as you said, that are going through so much. We kind of had thought we got to a place and we could exhale um, from this stupid pandemic and, you know, be at peace. And then we get hit with a a quote-unquote new variant, so they say. Um, and so panic sets in again, and, and lives are being lost again. And I, I I was on a call, not last week, week before last, a prophetic call, and a woman that I really, really hold in high esteem, she was breaking down some things that are going on right now um, through the spirit of the, of God, and she gave a a definition for variant, and she said variant is moving out of, coming out of the state which was um, deviated from the norm. There was a, a deviation from what the norm was, and so we think about every time we we encounter something with this COVID issue that they tell us about a new variant. I think we had two or three different variants last year, and now we have this new Delta variant and whatever. And so if a variant is a deviation from the norm, then what is normal? You know, that begs that the question is what is normal? And I'm saying this to lead into what our topic today is because we have to find our normalcy 
what is normal in what God is saying and what God is speaking. The norm is not this earth realm. The norm is the spirit realm. When we can get uh, a clear vision and a clear understanding that we are spirit beings having a natural experience and not the other way around, then our normal, our normal is seeing the miraculous power of God at work in our lives. Our normal is seeing God fight for us. Our normal is recognizing and understanding that we're not under the curse and the, the, the restrictions of this earth realm that people try to put on us and that we ourselves will put on ourselves. So our topic today, I know I went a long ways to get here, but our topic today is who has God said you are? And the subtopic is why are you not walking in the fullness of his decree? Who has God said you are? And why are you not walking in the fullness of his decree? We have to think about what the word of God has proclaimed us to be in the eyes of God, under the directive of God, and recognizing that the spirit of the living God dwells within us and should be leading, guiding, and directing us. So therefore, we should not be so caught up in the cares and the things of this world that we miss, we miss, what God is saying about us or to us or telling us to do in the earth realm, because that's what's happening. We're missing not only blessings that God would like to get to us, but blessings that God wants us to be in this earth realm, simply because we will not adhere to what God has said about us to what God has said about us. Because once we get to that place where we believe God for his word's sake, where we believe that 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 he has spoken us to be is, then we're not bogged down by every wind of doctrine, every spiritual attack, every physical attack, every emotional attack, because we stand up. We stand up in God and trust him for what he says is. I was at, and hopefully I've got the right scripture. Hold on, because this is dropped in my spirit. Hold on one second. Let me look it up before I give it to you just to make sure. Yes, this is it. Psalms 82. Psalms 82. This speaks volumes to who God says that we are. And I want to look at it in the King James Version because it's amazing how how we, I, I won't even say that it's in humility. It's more so in ignorance. And being ignorant means you don't know, okay? In ignorance, we put ourselves as weaklings. We see ourselves as unworthy. We condemn ourselves when God has told us in Romans 8 that there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We forget what the word of God has spoken over us, and then we begin to walk in this feeble state of mind and this feeble, feeble place in this earth realm, like we have no power, like we have no authority. When God, when he created us back in Genesis, gave us power and authority. But I want to just, just allow me to digress just for a moment and read you hmm, Psalms 82. It says that God stands in the congregation of the mighty, in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods with a little g. And when he stands and he does that, he says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Now, think about this. 
okay? You got people coming at you. You got people saying things about you, and you're professing things over yourself. That is not according to the word of God, because if God stands in the congregation of the mighty, who is he calling the mighty? He's calling his children. He's calling us. He's calling us to be mighty. That's what he is saying we are. And he judges among the gods, little g. He judges among those that he has given authority and lordship. That's us. And as he says, and he judges among us, he is speaking over us great and mighty blessings, great and mighty commands for us to follow. And because we walk in, quote, unquote, ignorance, because we're not abiding by what the word of God has said about us and said that we are, we are then we allow those, all these different things to get us all caught up and take us out of character, take us out of the norm. We become a variant. <laughs> we walk in a, in a place where God never told us to walk in. Humility is one thing, but to be subservient to the enemy is something entirely different. And that's the place where we find ourselves. We find ourselves thinking us to be the the tail and not the head instead of the head and not the tail. We're thinking of ourselves underneath only and not above. When Deuteronomy 28 clearly tells us we are above only and not beneath. We find ourselves bowing to the ways of this world and allowing the the confusion, the confused state of being of this world to judge us, to guide us, to lead us, because we're not hearing and adhering to who God says we are, who what God has called us to be. And we got to come out of that. We've really got to come out of that because I, I'm, I'm going to go down, I'm going to drop down to the sixth verse of Psalms 82, and it says, this is God speaking. He said, I said you are God, little G, And all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Okay? Why? Because we're not standing upright in the place that God has called us to be. We're not making the decrees and the declarations according to what God's word has said. When I say, what has God said about you? What has he called you? I'm not talking about some stupid little title that man gave you. I'm talking about what has the spirit of God spoken into existence when he created you, when he formed you, when he spoke you forth for purpose and destiny. (laughs) Psalms 139 and 15. I want to read this, let's see, out of the ESV translation, and then I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up. The English Standard Version, the ESV says it like this. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. See, when God was intricately weaving you, intricately shaping you within the depths of the earth before he breathed you out, before he spoke you out, you weren't hitting from him because he was the one that was making you. He was the one that was creating you. Why do you think that he says he knows the thoughts and the plans that he has for you? Thoughts of good and not of evil that you should reach an expected end. Not an end that the end that the world says you should reach. Not the be all end all that the world is dictating over you. No. The be all end all that he created you to be. 
The Passion Translation puts it like this. It says, you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. He made and took nothing and made you something. And we've got to get to that place where we walk out what he has said over us, what he has said about us. We've got to get to that place of decreeing and declaring what thus saith the Lord over us. I absolutely, even before I got saved, I got introduced to Psalms 91 as a prayer of protection. And a lot of times when we read the word, we don't really make it personal. But whenever I read Psalms 91, I make it personal. So if I make it personal, this is how it sounds. It says that whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So. Because I'm making this personal and the word starts off making it personal to me, as I continue, I continue like this. Surely, God will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. God will cover me with his feathers and under his wing, I will find refuge. His faithfulness will be my shield and my rampart or my shield and my buckler. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. I will observe with my eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. I have said, the Lord is my refuge, and I have made the Most High my dwelling. Therefore, no harm will overtake me. No disaster will come near my tent, for he will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They will lift me up in their hands so that I will not strike my foot against the stone. I will tread on the lion and the cobra. I will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, because I love God, the Lord says that he will rescue me. He will protect me, for I acknowledge his name. I will call on his name, and God will answer me. God will be with me in trouble. God will deliver me and honor me with long life. He will satisfy me and show me his salvation. You've got to take the word of God that he has pronounced over your life, over you, and make it personal, and then walk in that thing. You've got to recognize and understand that that he has said about you is real. It is real. So, again, I say to you, What has God said about you and decreed over you, and why are you not walking in the fullness of that decree? So, sis, before I go on, because I got more more scripture and stuff to share, but before I go on, I I would like for you to chime in and and give your, your take on this subject. Walking. I'm sorry, darling. You were muted. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay, beautiful. I want to first thank you for following up what you said by scripture. First, try the word by the word, okay? Mm-hmm. Know the word to be the truth, not her words, but what the word of God says about you. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. the fact of what you're saying, but when you were speaking, my spirit said to me this. The reason why a lot of us are not walking in what God says who we are because we don't know who we are. Mm. We don't know who we belong to. We only know who we are through what our grandmother said about them and, and what other people said, but we don't truly know who God is. And, again, it always comes back to one special thing. If you're a mother and you have children, I don't care what anybody say. You know your child. 
Mm-hmm. You know your child, they good, bad, shifty, indifferent, whatever. If somebody came mm-hmm. to you and told you your child was doing drugs, don't act like you stunned. You know mm-hmm. God darn well they doing drugs. I'm t- you can say whatever you want to. You can rename it. You can call it what you want to. But, again, another show, another day. Let's get mm-hmm. back to us. The reason why it's hard for us to walk into what God says who we are is because, one, we don't know who we are. Who does God say that we are? That's why you're backing it up with the scripture right now, says. It says in First Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, mm-hmm. a holy nation, say a that. people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Yes. First John 3, 1 and 2. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Hmm. Beloved, hmm. we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. First Corinthians 3.16, do you not know what you are God's temple? And the God and the God Spirit that dwells within you, Second Corinthians five and seventeen. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come. Like you saying, says, there's many things that we can say, there's many scriptures that we can go to, but until you read them for yourself, until you know who you are, do you even know the promises of God? Mm. A lot of people are still stuck on that mansion, that yacht, that big house. Uh, 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 a, a man, a husband, a wife, we're still stuck on that. Is that your promise? That that's what you asked God for, or was that his promises to you? So we get mm-hmm. them twisted, and then we get mad at God when it doesn't perfect itself, because that's not what God wanted for you. That's what you wanted for yourself. See, I know, let's keep it real, because I am that creature. I had all those illusions of grandeur. I know what God showed me in the beginning when I start walking with him. But I also know what it's like to backslide and when your mind becomes totally complacent and worldly. It does not mix with what God has for you. So let's get it straight. The reason why a lot of us don't walk in, sis, and I'm going to let you take the platform of what God has called us in because we don't know who we are. And when God tells us who we are, we don't believe it. Hmm. And belief is the first factor. That's faith. And it's not just faith the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that I've seen. It's faith in yourself. It's not the easiest thing to do because I promise you, I have fighting depression and all kinds of stuff, you guys. I promise you. I'm not telling you it's easy. It's an everyday sobriety of knowing who you are in Christ until you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And then there's nothing else anybody else can tell you. Amen. Hey, man, sis, I tried to mute so that my my dog would not bark you out. (laughs) But yes, 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 yes to everything you just said, because that is pure, pure truth. Serious. And the word, the word, you know, the scriptures you shared are, are like so on point. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they made they made a statement that is so real. And he said, listen, I've read the Bible. I've read the New Testament. I've read this. I've read that. He said, but this is the first time in my life that I'm actually studying it. And when he said that, I said, and it's taken on a whole new look to you, hasn't it? He said, yes. He said, because just reading it is not the same as studying it. And I said, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So to what you just said, to the realness of what you just said, it's because people don't know. They don't know because they haven't taken the time to study it out for themselves. They haven't taken the time to get into the word and not just read the word, but let the word read them. See, you can find yourself in the volume of the book. You're all in there. But you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal who you are to you. If you don't give, if you don't submit and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal unto you who you are and whose you are, 
even more important to, for me. Now, this is just me. But whose I am to me is more important than who I am. Because, see, because I'm a child of the Most High, because I was created in the image and the likeness of God, then who I am will be revealed to me because he will make sure that I know and understand. You see, he didn't give you the Holy Spirit just to give you a quickening on Sunday morning and a dance and a shout. And wait, quiet as it's kept, and and just so you can speak in tongues. That is not the reason for you having the Holy Spirit. It is so that you can know intimately your Father. Jesus said, I must go, but I will not leave you comfortless. And he whom I'm sending will teach you all spiritual truths, all spiritual truths. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show? We got to figure out and recognize, hello, I'm a spiritual being having a natural experience. So, therefore, I need to, to remember who I am as that spirit being first. I have to remember what God has called me to and sent me here for. Because if I don't, then now I get caught up in all the natural stuff and I forget why I'm here. I forget what God wants me to do in the lives of others. You're not just here to exist. You're here to make a difference. I was just really meditating on the Lord yesterday, and he began to speak to me about words, specific words that have been prophesied over me, that have been spoken over me, that are powerful and important. Now, we get, we get words of prophecy all the time, but there's specific words that can be spoken, a, a word, and, and I'm not talking about the connotation of the word. I'm talking about a specific word. I've had two. One of them was that I was vital. The word was vital, which means I'm of importance in the scheme and the, the things that God wants to do in this earth realm. I have an important, plot, play, important part to play in it. And then yesterday, I got a word, and that word was effective, that I was going to be effective for many years to come. When we start to hear specific words about who we are, we need to take those words to heart. We need to break down those words, understand fully, God, what are you saying? And then walk in that. When I said, what has God called you? There are specific things that God has spoken. He, these are words that somebody spoke over me. He gave me a specific word years ago about being a prophetic encourager. A prophetic encourager. I had never heard that before. But he specifically spoke that to my spirit, that that's what I was called to do. So by the, the word of God, because that's the prophetic, is the word of God. So by the word of God, I am to encourage others to be everything that God created them to do. And everything that I do, all aspects of my ministry, of my being, is centered around that. It's to encourage you, to encourage others, and even to encourage myself in what the word of God has spoken. What did God say about you? Who did God say you are? And so we've we've kind of broken down part of why we're not walking in the fullness of this of His decree. My sister broke that down very eloquently because you don't know. Here's another reason: because you're walking in rebellion. You know what God has said. You know what God has done. You know what God has called you to. But because something didn't work out the way you thought it was supposed to, you have rebelled. Like kind of in this, oh, I'll show God. I won't do nothing. Oh, he didn't do what I asked him to do or what I wanted didn't materialize. And what Tanya just said to you is so on point. Was it what you asked God for or was it what God promised you? 
okay? Because you probably asked for something without asking him, God, what is your your take on this? Is this for me? I, I know I have. I've asked for a few things that, that wasn't for me, and God didn't give it to me. And after the fact, I was so thankful and so grateful that he didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But in the moment, there was that place of disappointment. That was that place of Okay, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, why can't I have this? Why can't I do that? My pastor tells us something all the time. He said, where others may, you may not. <laughs> it's just like, okay. But it is, it is, it has now become a part of me when God says, no, I understand the no. I understand that no good thing will he withhold from me because I love him. And that's the word. In, in Romans 8, he said, no good thing will I withhold from them that love me, that walk upright before me. So if something has not materialized and you haven't told me, no, I can't have it, then either it's not time yet or I just haven't wanted to hear your no, okay, and I want to try to push past it and get it anyway. But when you come to that place of no good thing will you withhold, hey, either it's not good for me at all or it's not good for me right now. So I'm cool either way because I've come to that realization that, Lord, if it's not of you, I don't want it. I, I, I got it. You know, God will provide. He will provide in very mysterious ways, but he will provide. He will cover you. He will carry you. He will protect you. But in that, you have to be obedient and hear what he's saying to you and walk it out the way he's telling you to walk it out. So sometimes it's your rebellion that keeps you from not walking in the fullness of his decree. And we all walk through things where um, our past will speak to us. We will allow the negative things that have been said to us and over us to convict us, literally, that, that we're not good enough. It's never going to happen. They told me I was such and such, and, and I started to believe them. And even though for a moment, for a moment, I stepped away from believing them and really thought that God, you know, really did love me and he could do it, but the moment I, I experienced the first disappointment, then I go back to, oh, see, you know, what they said must have been true. It must have been true. Let me tell you something. Something that has really stuck out to me over the past few days. Isaiah 43 and 3. (laughs) The Lord said, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. People, if God will give entire nations (laughs) up, to save his people, like the whole nation, like, mm-mm, no, as a ransom, as a ransom, what does that mean? Well, a ransom means to obtain the release of a prisoner or by making a payment demanded. Whatever it is, the payment that needed to be paid for you, he has done it, even if it meant giving up a whole nation on your your. your um, the half. God is an incredible God. When you think about the depth of the depth of His love for you, I, I really, I really, really do not understand how you can doubt His love. How can you be so caught up in just what? It's, it's so much more important to you what you want than why you're here what you were created for. It's more important for you to give your little two cents over somebody than allow the light of Christ to shine through you and love that person in spite of. In spite of. To step up. My sister and I were talking just before the show, you know, about people that have quote-unquote titles. And, you know, I I really don't care that much about titles uh, other than the title of minister because a minister is a servant, and that's what God has called you to do is to be a servant. 
But she's correct in what she said. She said, you know, when you're running around using those titles, then, you know, people are looking at you under a different microscope. They're expecting more out of you. And I'm definitely, I was one of those people, still am to a certain degree, to be honest with you. You know, you're held to a higher standard. But the bottom line is, no matter who you are, whether you put a title in front of your name or not, God is calling you to a higher standard in him. And that standard is according to who he created you to be, what he created you to do, whose life he created you to make a difference in. What is the legacy that you are leaving behind? Whose life has you have you touched? Have you been so consumed and so caught up in who you are that you missed who the other people were? We got to stop. We got to stop yeah. and we got to take notice of what God has called us to. We talked about it last week about things happening that changes your perspective in a twinkling of an eye situation will change, and it will make you back up and say, oh, whoa, wait, (laughs) okay, because I was taking somebody for granted, because I wasn't honoring the gift that you gave me, God, be it a person, a position, or whatever. So we've got to, we've got to get to that place where we start hearing what God is calling you what God is saying about you. And then, and then we can start walking in his decrees. Go ahead, sis. It's on you. No, I love what everything you're saying. And I thank God even for deliverance of learning how to be quiet. Definitely my husband is teaching me that, if nothing else. Thank you for deliverance, Lord, because it's really powerful, the platform that you're using to be able to say positive, enriching, But while you were speaking again, the Holy Spirit said to me to speak to many people and say, what are you, maybe I said it before, but maybe it's meant for me to say it again. What are you speaking over yourself? Hmm. Because what you don't understand is it doesn't matter what anybody say. 20,000 people, where was it? Um, Starbucks. I think I brought this up so many times, and I'm pretty sure I have. To say that so many times he got rejected by people and say that's not a good idea. But I guarantee you half the people that are listening, if not even more people are listening, you have bought Starbucks one way or another. It's not that it's some spectacular coffee. It's not that it's some anything, any different than the coffee that you can make at home and doctor it up and spruce it up. But it had something going on with it. So the thing about it is, what are you speaking over yourself? It's not a matter of what somebody else believes. And if you still of your grandmother, like I have, my, my, my mother, or anybody else that has spoken something over you and they're not here on this earth, and you still believe it, then you have given that death too much power. Stop mm-hmm. time. It's not easy, you guys. Please hear me. I've walked in so many different shoes. It's not easy to believe in yourself. It's not easy to find a place of happiness or peace sometimes. Crap is going to happen. I was going to say shit. Oh, I did. (laughs) Stuff happens. And I want you guys to know something. But through it all, it's a matter of what you believe in yourself. Because, see, once you start believing in yourself, then you are believing in what Christ says who you are. He's speaking to you right now. But if you say you're a loser and he says you're a winner, until you line up with the same purpose that he has for you, you will never find out. Again, you may not have a platform like Bishop Jakes or like my sister, Elder, or or people like Joyce Myers. That doesn't mean that you're any less. If you have a street ministry, a healing ministry, a feeding ministry, just feeding people in your neighborhood or a neighbor or watching after somebody or keeping somebody's child sometimes and you don't charge them, you don't have to tell anybody about it, God sees all. Guess what? That's a ministry and that's a purpose. If you're loving somebody that don't love you back, if you keep on striving to believe in somebody that don't even believe in you, that's a ministry. Keep trusting God, and he will see you through. 
See, what we don't understand is we believe that if God ain't putting us on a platform like Joel Osteen and all them, then we don't have a purpose. That is a lie from the devil. Absolutely. Again, who are you? If you're on your job right now and you're still ministering to people, guess what? You're just as great as Bishop Jakes. And I'm not doubting him because he will probably tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're not on Facebook all the time, but yet every once in a while you can put a shout out to wish somebody well and you're happy for somebody, well, guess what? That was your social media, and you did your part of what you're supposed to do. Don't mm-hmm. down yourself for the little small comings just because they seem so small to you. That's why a lot of us ain't doing what God, you think you ain't doing it, but you really are. I'm telling everybody right now, the reason why I realize something now, I don't never want to get bigger than myself. Hmm. I don't never want to start talking proper and inclusive and whatever big words there is, but yet I'm still ignorant and I don't know who God is. I don't Hmm. never want to sit there and call myself a bishop or a prophet or something in that order, yet I'm cussing everybody out and I'm acting like a nasty fool because that's what I did before I became that person. Guess what? Then I'd rather not find out at all. I don't care who you are. You can be mad at me. You can be happy. But what I'm going to tell you guys is this. Love and trust in the Lord with all thy heart and all thy might and all thy understanding. Not, don't lean into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy pathway. I'm not perfect by no means. But what I will not do, and I'll tell people when I minister to them, don't look at me because I got some issues. Step on my toe, I'm going to say, Al, you hit me in my face, it's going to be a fight. I'm still there, people. But what I will say is don't misuse God. Because if you misuse anybody, don't misuse yourself and God because then you're going to misuse everybody around you. Amen. That's my side on it, sis. That's keeping it real. Amen. Amen. That That is definitely keeping it real. Definitely. We've got to get to that place of, of that transparency. You know, I mean, anybody that follows our show know that one thing we are, that's transparent. And, and I believe that God has given us a boldness in doing that because once you can, you can keep it real, then you can help others. You know, it's when you start putting on airs like you all that in a bag of chips <laughs> that you have issues and that you have problems, you know. Um, we're not perfect, but we're still striving for perfection. That's the key. You know, people say, I'm not Jesus. Well, no, you're not, but you still should be striving, striving to live the life of example like he did. Because he was the first among brethren, and he came here to be an example for us. So we're never, even in our transparency, we are never giving you free reign to just stay in your mess or just stay in your inconsistencies with God. No, we're being transparent to say that we all have struggles. We all have to fight the good fight of faith. But in that, in that struggle, we never forget who we are in God. We never forget the fact that we are a work in progress and we continue to progress. See, I, I wasn't who I am I, next month. Well, Thursday, what? Um, Wednesday is the first. So Wednesday will mark 33 years of my serious walk with the Lord. 33 years. So it has definitely been a work of progression and a work in progress to get to the place that I am today. You know, my pastor was teaching this morning. I was watching him on on YouTube since I'm here in Atlanta and I wasn't in Vegas. And he was saying about God gives us all a measure of faith, but he does not expect it to stay the size of a mustard seed. He expects you to take that measure and grow it. A mustard seed, if you plant it, will grow one of the largest trees that you've ever seen. He doesn't expect you to stay where you are. He knows if he didn't think we needed a redeemer, if we, he didn't think we needed to be covered because we messed up, if he didn't think that we wouldn't have struggles, he wouldn't have made provisions for the struggles. 
He wouldn't have decreed and declared he was our, our shield and our buckler. He, was, he would hide us. He would be our refuge. He knew. He knew all of your frailties when he spoke you into existence. Because remember, it was in the integral woving of who you were that he created you. And it's all part of your storyline. It's all you you incorporated all in there to be a blessing to somebody else. To not sit in judgment and, and look down on somebody else's frailties or missteps. To love in spite of. To recognize how precious unconditional love is. Because you know you need it every day. You know, it's something that, oh, hallelujah, Lord, please don't ever take that away. Your grace, your mercy, your unconditional love. You love me in and out of seasons. You love me in the good and the bad. You love me. As a mother, that's the love I have for my children. My children don't get it right all the time. They struggle. They've disappointed me. They've done things that I really wasn't happy about, but yet and still they're mine. And I promise you I'll beat you down over either one, any one of them, seriously, because they're mine. So when I think about how God loves us, and, and he can do far more than we can do for our own, it's just like it's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Lord, I give myself to you. Lord, I yield to you. I may not fully understand, but that doesn't matter whether I understand or not. If I follow you, then shall I know. If I follow on to know the Lord, that's Amos. So I know if I continue to follow you, you'll make it plain sooner or later. But in the interim, it don't matter if I understand or not. What matters is that I follow you that I hear you, that I'm obedient to your word, that I allow myself and avail myself for you to use me. Second Timothy 2 says this. I'm going to read it out of the King James, and then I'll go to the Passion Translation. It says, thou, therefore, my son, and this is, excuse me, the first through the um, fourth verse. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now this is the one that I want you to pay a close attention to is verse 4. It says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now, let me read that to you again out of the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation because it was written from the perspective of the passion and the love of God. And, it, and it's just it's just so beautiful. It's, it, to me, it's like reading your own personal love story from the Lord. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, my dear son, Live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. And all that you've learned from me confirmed by the integrity of my life, deposit unto faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregations the same revelation. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Remember the, the scripture that says, many are called, but few are chosen. You are God's elect. You are God's chosen ones. You need to walk in that understanding. He put a stamp of approval on your life when he blessed you with the precious Holy Spirit. Consult him. Go into his word. 
hear firsthand what he says you are and then walk in the fullness of that decree because then you will have good success. Then you will please the one who chose you. So I give God all the the praise, glory, and honor for him choosing us today, from him speaking life and not death over us, for him decreeing and declaring who we are as his children, and, and for giving us the forethought to walk in that, to be satisfied with that, to be content in being his child in carrying out the purpose for which we were created. So, sis, I'm going to give it back over to you for you to pray over the people as we close out the show, believing God that they will clearly hear him, clearly understand and embrace who he says that they are, that they may walk in the fullness of his decree. Amen. So we're going to take it from James 1 and 17. And it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, Mm. coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow. Mm. Mm. I was like going, okay, Lord, you're giving me this to give to the people. What do you mean by this? And basically what it says is shifting shadows of supernatural power charts, the storm brewing between the power of God and the schemes of of the enemy. So it's not saying that you, because you're good that you're not going to sometimes feel bad or think bad or anything like that. But it says that encourage believers to step out of the shadow into the light and step into God's presence, basically. That's shifting the shadows. What I'm praying right now is asking God to allow us to shift the shadows between mm. good and evil. Because we think because sometimes if we walk with Christ and we do something wrong, we tell a lie, sometimes or somebody rubs us wrong or whatever the case may be, but we're still not in Christ. That's a lie from the devil. That's that's mm. totally a lie. Mm. But thank God for every time that you notice when stuff like that comes out in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that everything in your life, whether it's an altercation with yourself, becomes something greater in understanding of yourself. That you start embracing the power of God saying, thank you, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't like this about me, but you brought this up in me for a change and deliverance. Thank you, Lord. I'm loved sometimes. My husband say things to me, you guys, sometimes, ooh, I get my lips twisting, my lips popping, and I truly roll my eyes in my head like a black woman. But if it's something that he says about me that I can use, I used to go off and say, that's it, I want to divorce, get him out of my presence. But now you know what I said? Thank you. Really? And guess what? I go before God. Because if God says that that's me, then it's me. If he doesn't say it's me, then I don't care what anybody says, who it is, my mama, whoever. Because I want you guys to know something in my life in the name of Jesus. This is a prayer. This is a testimony, and it's praying over your life so you guys can see clearly that no matter what storm you're going through, God is. And no matter what you feel about yourself, he says that you are greater than what Mm. you're feeling. And if there's anything that you're saying bad about yourself, it's not of God. It's the devil. Because one thing about God's word is it speaks life. And life, it says, more abundantly, not death. Mm. So reevaluate what you're saying to yourself and what the voices you're hearing in your head and in your life. Don't matter what your job is paying you on your job right now. Trust me, I've, I've been there and still there sometimes. doesn't matter if you're separated from your family or right now you're going through a loss of a loved one and people are separating themselves from you. It doesn't matter. What do you believe about yourself? I thought mm-hmm. when people and friends separate themselves from me, you guys, that meant that I was rotten, a rotten friend. But guess what I realized what the Lord told me? They are so intimidated by your anointing. They're so intimidated because you can see things about them. And what they don't know is I didn't let you see them things to use it against them. I let you see those things so you can help them be delivered from them. 
So I'm going to say it again. Reevaluate what you say to yourself in Jesus' name. I pray life and life more abundantly. Breathing life over your minds, over the earth and the situation. From Haiti all the way to New Orleans to all the way to everywhere there's a fire, a situation, a drought. I'm praying for our troops and whatever's going on in Afghanistan. God knows I don't know everything that's going on. I'm praying for our nation as well because now we've allowed the COVID shot and the different things to get between us, and we've turned against each other, our brothers. And that's what the enemy intended, to divide us. So if you see division in your life, if you see confusion in your life, if you see depression in your life or sadness, suicide, whatever it is, I'm telling you right now, that is not of God. That Mm -hmm. is the devil. God is not going to tell you to take your life. God is not going to tell you to don't love yourself. God is not going to tell you to kill somebody or to hurt somebody. I don't care what you say. Again, I'm praying for us all. Brothers and sisters in Christ, because now what's happening is we're taking titles, we're not walking in them. That's another show, because hmm. I have a lot to say. But right now, Father, in this earth, I want to speak life and tell my brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you guys, whether you like what I say or not. But I'm praying that I love you and I'm happy for you, and I pray peace, prosperity on this earth and in your lands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that you granted us. And audience, we will, Lord, say the same. God willing, see you next week. Same God time, same God channel. Same God channel. (laughs) Amen. I love you, Seth. Love you, too. Have a great one. You, too, beautiful. Let's keep it real.